Where the hell else could he be? Subjects in transit. Destination isn't listed yet. You need to get a real criminal defense lawyer. Great. You're quitting. Yeah, you think he did. I, I think you need a real lawyer, Hank. A better one. I made some calls. Robert Sullivan. He's top notch. <laughs> well, uh, he may be a lousy lawyer, folks, but uh, he's a heck of a hacker. He's a huge Husker fan. He's someone I've called friend for over 25 years now. He's also a native Nebraskan who's moved out to Hollywood in 2000 to pursue his dream and has been in dozens of national commercials, recurring roles on several hit shows with over 70 credited titles in television and feature films over the years. And the one thing that's never changed is his passion, love, and obsession for Husker football. Welcome to the forum, Preston Hillier. Thank you, man. Go Big Red. It's nice to nice to see you. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. It's great to see you too. This is a, it's a new thing for us. Uh, this is our first fan forum. It's our chance to kind of have one of these, a one-on-one conversation. We're going to ask the same four questions here. We're going to, you know, this is all about you, the fan. We want to learn more about the stories of Husker fans out there. And that's, <laughs> that's kind of the whole thing. And this gives us the freedom to do this outside of the red cast. Yeah. So, uh, you know, th- which this is great, is by the way. Thing. I love it. Yeah, it's a fun way of doing it. Quick here. I, the same thing that we do on the Redcast is we do have a couple of promos. Uh, Hail Varsity. You can always go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe. Use Redcast at the checkout and you'll get $10 off your subscription. And uh, we also have Smack and Smooch, which is uh, Shane and Laura out there in Elwood. They do a great job with custom shirts and specialty items. 308-325-2542. And uh, we have the QR code. Excellent gear there. And while we're speaking gear, you know, Triple B, too, you've got a, a shirt from him on. A, so. Yeah, from Josh at Triple B. Um, he reached out to me years ago, saw something that I was a, a Husker fan, and he said, hey, man, can I send you some shirts? I was like, I would love some shirts. Yeah, how did you find me? And it was, I don't know, some Twitter post. Uh, I think it was in Lincoln for a, a game, and there was a bunch of recruits. We had a picture that it became kind of – viral i guess amongst nebraska people all these all those kids have since left but at the time it was pretty cool but um yeah they got some great shirts but those are great i, I gotta get one of those man mm-hmm. you gotta support the uh the go big red cast shirt that's right um so we've known each other for quite a while and uh long time goes back to to this thing here the uh yes the, oh the yeah quest of theta's eye so i know we have a number of theta's eye guys that are watching live now and and if they're not they'll be watching it tomorrow the day after but uh we want to just start here i'm going to ask the first question this is just going to get the conversation rolling question one why are you a husker fan uh that's a great question i think it's probably the answer a lot of people who are from nebraska come up with you're you're born and raised there it's in your blood you know i mean um how many how many friends of yours and i'm sure probably even even your son had a, a onesie that had had a, a big red N. I I know we had a, but um, yeah. I, I think it's just it's, you know we don't have a whole lot in, in Nebraska for one thing. There's not there's no other sports. There's no professional teams. It's just something we all gravitate to. I think it it um, it represents what Nebraska is. You know, um, uh, hardworking people. Uh, you know, every kid w- grows up wanting to, you know walk on to Nebraska or thinks they're going to be a star player for the Huskers. And you have your backyard games where you're playing and you're pretending you're, 
you know, Tommy Frazier, whoever that, that, that great player is of that era. And, um, um, I mean, I went to, my grandfather had season tickets and I remember walking up the ramps when I was a kid and, um, being afraid of the heights for one thing. But <laughs> once you pop through that, that gate and you see that stadium and you feel that energy, um, I don't know how you can't be a fan, but I think for me, moving away made me an even bigger fan um, because, you know, you have something to kind of hold on to from, from your home state and your hometown. And, and uh, you know, it brings people together. You go to, you know, you find communities out here of, of Husker fans. If I wear a shirt, I've, I've gone and I went to a Seven Eleven uh like two weeks ago and this lady Walked up, she said, "Go big red," and I was like, "What?" I had a I had a black shirts um, sweatshirt on, and then we got into a conversation. It's just I don't know. It's something that just unites people. I I don't know um, any other fan base like it. Yeah, I've it, been to a lot of games, you know? and it unites people all over the country, all over the world. Yeah. Kathy and I took a trip to to Hawaii, and we went up to the uh, Polynesian Center on the north side of of Oahu, and we're we're getting a photo taken by one of the, the people working there and I'm wearing a Husker in and he goes, Nebraska. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, I, I couldn't be further away. I am literally yeah. on an Island in the middle of the ocean. And just that red in on a, on a hat, uh, you know, brings that out of people. And, you know, impressing, I guess, you know, I've always kind of given you a little bit of an intro here and you're out, you're out there in LA right now. You have been for 20 plus years now doing the 22 years. Yeah. You were from Lincoln, right? So tell, tell everyone where you're from and, and kind of what the, the upbringing was there. Uh, born and raised in Lincoln. Um, you know, I was, uh, I was, was not a great student. Um, I actually, I had a couple friends that I went to high school with that were, in a fraternity at uh, at Nebraska, and I thought fraternities were stupid, and I didn't believe in it. But I went with them, and I met some of the guys there, and I realized it was something completely different than I had, you know, um, they desire right there, and um, bonded with some of those guys, and and uh, they invited me back, and I wasn't in school at the time, you know, I was working construction, and. Um, Honest to God, that's why I went to college was to join a fraternity. Um, I know it's a silly reason, but um, I met some of my absolute best friends I still have today and still talk to on a regular basis. And um, the university gave me a couple of academic vacations that didn't look good on the, uh, the GPA <laughs> of the house. But, um, you know, I think at that age, you're just trying to find something that you want to do with the rest of your life. And I, I had originally was uh, exercise physiology. I wanted to do like, um, I wanted to be part of a strength program, go through Boyd Epley's um, uh, tutelage and, oh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I told you I got a couple, days. I got a couple good surprises. old days. That's right. For you there. Don't look like that anymore, unfortunately. But um, uh I quickly learned that science was not my forte and um, I switched to theater and uh, I got bit by that bug. And I just, I started doing everything I could in Lincoln, local commercials. I did like a Runza commercial and a, a Valentino's commercial, a couple of Valentino's commercials, a lot of cheesy, cheesy stuff um, that I still have copies of. 
in, <laughs> in my vault somewhere. But, uh, uh, you know, it got to the point I, I'm like, I got to figure out what I'm going to do. And I decided to move to L.A. And uh, I had a, a friend out here and I uh, had a roommate. We moved out, stayed with her for a while, took over her place. And then just you, you kind of start figuring things out, navigating your way through it. And, you know, you're doing background work on TV shows. And, you know, my mom's telling all her friends, oh, my God, look, there he is. He's going to be on this show. And I just like you just see me literally walk, walk behind somebody. But that leads to a speaking role. And then, you know, you get on another show, you get on a soap opera, and then that expands into more things. The more your resume builds, the more opportunities you get. And, and um, you know, it's, uh, if, if you're doing something you love, I mean, it's, it's not the, uh, I'm not like, on the cover of a poster of a, a, a movie that's in theaters now or anything like that. But it's, you know, you got to find something that, that, um, that you love doing that drives you and, and chase your passion. I mean, that's kind of what I did. So here I well, am I still, did, I think it's amazing. I've, I've emailed you and con- stayed in contact with you over the years. And I'm, yeah, you're living a dream and, and you're, you're doing it and you're making it work. And, and, uh, I think that's awesome. How about question two here? What is your favorite Husker fan memory? Oh God. Um, there's a lot. Um, I, I probably think, and I'm pretty sure you were, you were there. I know you're at least part of the house at the time. Um, uh, our fraternity brother, Jim Carrey was working with Husker vision and, um, there's two different instances. He brought over, um, Johnny Rogers one night, Mm. for uh, a Monday night dinner and he talked to us and told us all the dirt on, you know, all the things he did wrong in his life and all the good things he did and, and gave a really great speech to us. And I still have the picture somewhere standing in front of the, the fireplace with him. But um, I remember we got to, you know, we were doing intramural sports with, with the fraternity and we were playing, I don't know who the other house was, but we got to play. Were you there? We got to play in Memorial stadium. Uh, I got to watch. Yeah. <laughs> you got to watch. You gotta watch. Yeah, I so wasn't we, on the good team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, um, they had, Husker Vision had to practice how they were going to shoot the game. They needed to practice camera work and uh, the commentators and everything because the opening game was coming up. And uh, so we were the guinea pigs, which was amazing. We got to do the tunnel walk to the music, stand there, come out, um, you know, sing seeing yourself play on the jumbotron, getting somebody doing pass interference against you and not getting called. And I mean, they changed the game on us because they wanted to, they had to do whatever they needed to do for, for us to practice it. So it wasn't a real complete game, but I mean, that's the closest I'll ever get to, you know, playing on that field. And um, that was pretty amazing to me. That was, that was special. I mean, there's a lot of other um, things, you know, that are great as a, as a, as a fan going to a book signing. It was, um, was Johnny Rogers, Jerry Taggy, and Bob Devaney. There was a, a book about that era that was out, and they were all there for a book signing. And um, I think I was my freshman year of college. And I was, I mean, like that picture, I was big. I was a lot bigger and built. And um, Jerry Taggy and Bob Devaney tried talking me into walking on. I sh- I know some people. I can, seriously, I can, I can put you in contact with the right people. And I go, 
oh no, no, it's okay. Like I, I, <laughs> I took it as though they were joking, but they were dead serious. And I, at that point I was just so, so much more interested in going to parties and talking to girls than I was trying to play football for Nebraska. I just, you know, it was kind of over that. Never thought it would ever happen, but I look back now and think, God, you should have at least tried, but you know. Yeah, Jerry Taggy. He was uh, he was also at least an honorary member of the fraternity. He I can't remember if he, you know, that was obviously. I think he seventies. I think he joined, and then you know things took off with the football program, and it's like you're done there. You're part yeah. of our team now. So I think that's probably how it happened. I don't know for sure. I'm guessing. I have a good Johnny Rogers story from that time. I was sitting out front or standing on the front deck at least, and Johnny is walking down the street just randomly going right in front of us in, on the sidewalk and he's carrying the Heisman I swear to God. And I just run downstairs. And I think, I think it was one of those game. I had to be a game day. So I'm wearing my, my Husker vest and boxers that I would wear and painted face. <laughs> whole, and yeah. I run up to Johnny and I'm like, Johnny, can I touch the Heisman? And he goes, tell you what, you can carry it. And he just gave it to me. And I carried the Heisman for about two blocks to his his car which was parked in the the church lot behind us oh my he's god like, he's like thank you much and he just took it it was like doing an appearance with it probably oh it was it was wonderful i gotta carry the heisman and he's carrying, and carrying around like it's a loaf of bread or something yeah yeah wow. and yeah and that was the thing too he kind of took it and just kind of you know it went in the trunk it wasn't you know i'm like i'm like touching this thing so softly and you know don't don't want to damage it, but no, I mean, it, it was, it was so cool. And, and he got some free labor out of it, you know, <laughs> you know, I think it's one of those things that every, I mean, we all dream of like a moment like that. That just seems so, I don't know. It's like a episode of Seinfeld or something You're like that doesn't happen to real people. You know, <laughs> it's like you saw Johnny Rogers carrying the Heisman trophy and then got to carry it. Just walking right down there. Yeah. And think about the time too. I mean, let's, let's give the listeners and the viewers here kind of a, a, a understanding what this time period is oh, we were in college God. in the mid to late 90s you know uh, you, we didn't lose games we didn't lose at no, home for ever. sure you went to memorial stadium and uh you know the game's over at halftime and it was just such a different era and we our fraternity in particular we had 1019 the edge came to our our they did yeah. their their live pre-game Broadcast. radio stuff there and they had the hummer the big edge hummer yep. uh uh, vehicle parking on the front. Nikki Boulay was one of the uh, oh my was one God. of the um, DJs there. Heard and that name for a long time. She, she was the lead singer for Blue Moon Ghetto. Yeah, Blue, and yeah. she would talk about me on the radio sometimes. She's like, "Come down to Theta's Eye on Saturday morning and see crazy boxer vest wearing painted guy run up and down the street." Because I would do that, and I had a flag, and you know, I'd run all over the place. You were known for your uh, your passion. <laughs> <laughs> waking people, waking people up with pots and pans at seven in That's the morning. Right. It's Husker football day, and, and football day. you can sleep later. Um, yeah, you knew I mean, more that, than anybody. Everybody's like, "That's not true." Ask Honky; he knows everything. Any bit of Husker trivia, whatever the year was, the game was, who the player was, whatever you knew, all of it. It's like you studied some sort of a, um, like a, a chronicles of, of Husker history. You like, you just knew it front to back. It was. Pretty amazing. That was basically every every study hall in, in high school. The things you're supposed to be studying, I was studying that chronicle over here instead. <laughs> and so uh, I had a couple of those semesters close to like what you were talking about. The U, where yeah, I didn't always right. Help the, uh, I didn't help the uh, the house GPA out a, a whole lot sometimes, but uh, 
I think they got over that. We were all convinced. Uh, a lot of us, I thought, I'm like, Honky's going to end up like coaching in Nebraska or working in Nebraska or something somehow, somewhere down the road, he's going to going to be part of the University of Nebraska. So it's pretty funny. Hmm. Let's move on. Question three here. All Who's right. your all-time favorite Huskers? Oh, my God. Um, God, there's so many. I mean, you can name the obvious ones that are great for various obvious reasons. You know, Dominican Sue and Tommy Frazier, Amon Green, um, you know, Jerry Taggy and, and uh, Johnny Rogers, Rogier. I mean, there's – God, there's so many. But um, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I think – when I think of Husker greats, I mean, I think of Tom Osborne, obviously. He's probably like the greatest Husker of all time just because he was played there, coached there, AD there. He's he's so, you know, synonymous with, with you know, the Nebraska Cornhuskers. But like Brooke Behringer, mm-hmm. I mean, um, he epitomized what Nebraska football was. You know, Sam Foltz, I mean, sadly, both were tragically lost in, in accidents um, before they really got to, um, you know, go pro or live their lives for, you know, all intents and purposes. But, um, um, I mean, I think I really think those guys are, are, are great. But, I mean, I, I love, like, Adam Carriker. I mean, he's got, you know, he's mm-hmm. he's, with the, he's got his own podcast that he does and. He's great. A lot of those guys, I think, that stay in contact with the university and, and do what they can to to help the program and and uh, be big parts of the program, Damon Benning, all those guys, too. But, um, uh, yeah, I'd say, I mean, Beringer and, and Fultz are probably two of my favorites. Certainly, yeah, sentimental there for sure. Yeah. Uh, we just had Benning on on Monday night on the show. And oh yeah. Character actually, yeah. I haven't thought character would be a, you gotta get Adam on there. Yeah. yeah he'd be I know he's, guy. he's dealing with some, some health stuff right now mm-hmm. and has been very uh, public about it. And, um, but I mean, those guys just have such a wealth of knowledge being former athletes and, and, um, you know, being in the media as well. Um, and I just, you know, Benning just hearing him, you know, do like, like the spring game and he just has a different take on stuff that you're not going to hear from most commentators because he knows the inside. He knows Scott Frost. He knows what he's thinking. Um, and, and character, you know, all those years in the pros and, um, he'll break down stuff, um, after games and, and, uh, you know, um, yeah, those guys are great to watch. Yeah. I think about my, my dad went to Nebraska in the late sixties, early seventies. And so some of the guys you named earlier, you know, the Johnny Rogers and the Jerry Taggies, dad was in school during that time. Yeah. I came to school in 95 to, to 99, roughly. And like yeah. between the two of us, I mean, we've, we watched virtually all the national championships as, as college students. students, you know, as yeah. students on top of just, you know, remembering it, but to be on campus during it was just amazing. Again, the time frame that we were there, when I think of like, you know, who's your all time favorites, what's your Husker favorite, you know, moment. It is hard, especially for us. I mean, I think in winning national championships when we're dashing down to Memorial Stadium, and oh you know, my to, god, to get in there, you go to like O Street, rattling the gates, or going oh down O Street in the snow and trying to rock, flip over cars, and everyone's your best friend. You're hugging, and you're like, "I'm going to sneak into a bar." You're like, "No, you're not. Don't do it. You're not old enough." <laughs> when, when did you move to, to LA? What year? So how long uh, have you been in January? Like- January of two thousand. Okay, so you were okay. So you were definitely there, like all. 
all the way through all the national championships. Oh, yeah. All of them. I mean, I was even out here. Um, I went with my brother uh, to the, the one in, in Pasadena when we got our the Rose Bowl was stopped with Miami. in by Miami and all their awful fans. But By the, um, by the professional Miami team that year? Oh, I mean, my, my goodness. God. A lot of, I, I was at the Colorado game that year where we lose 62 to 36, whatever yeah. it was. And, um, and I was like, well, that really stinks because we were number one and undefeated and we've never been beaten like that ever in my lifetime. No. But at least we won't have to play Miami. Thank God that if, if nothing else, at least 85 things would have to happen for us to play Miami because we don't want any of that anyways. Just give us oh, Oregon God. or Texas or something and we'll probably we'll probably do okay. And <laughs> holy smokes, like I started watching like on the – we're driving back from Colorado and it's like, oh, geez, Oklahoma State with less miles. They just beat Oklahoma. Well, that's that's one thing that needed to happen. And then right. one after another and all of a sudden it's like, are you kidding me? Our reward for losing to Colorado is – as we get to play the, those guys, I mean that's Miami, yeah, yeah. That was at a, least you got to be there. Uh, I still have like the ticket and stuff framed and pictures from it. It was a good memory, other than the fact that we just got our asses handed to us. But um, yeah, that was um, you know, I mean, you know, that era, like you said, it, it was. Uh, and and I, honestly, I think it's probably why I, I don't list like Wisterman and Frost and and the Peter brothers and. And all those guys that were just unbelievable players because it's like we went to school with them. So I, I look at them more as peers as opposed to, you know, other people you watch as a fan. I mean, I remember being in um, – I remember being in geology, Rocks for Jocks, and we had a midterm or a final or something. And the week before, our professor said, everybody must be here and show your ID or you will not pass this class. Next week, holy crap, this class is full. There's a shitload of football players in here. <laughs> I'm standing in line to turn my my test in and show my ID. Scott Frost is in front of me, and uh, Jason Peter is standing behind me. I've never felt so small. And I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm a normal-sized guy. I'm 5'11", 190 pounds, but they were enormous. They And it's like you see him play, and you go, oh, they're, they're big guys, but – you just don't, you just don't really grasp it. And I'm just like looking up like a child at these guys and they're, you know, they're talking about whatever football stuff, but um, they're just enormous. I, there was another, let me ramble again. We were yeah, at go uh, Gold's gym. Oh, God, it was way out on, I think it was like North 48th and Layton or something. It was like an old yeah, location. They, and, yeah. They've moved now. They're like on 48th. Um, uh, a little closer, newer. I mean, at the time it was newer, but we were there and my couple of buddies, uh, my friend Jake and I were, were working out and, and um, it was Jason, Peter, Christian, Peter, Jared Tomich. And there was somebody else with them. I don't remember who it was off the top of my head. They were doing military press with like 275 or 315, an ungodly amount of weight sitting there doing military press. And Christian was yelling, come on, you pussy, you're just screaming at the top of his lungs. And the, it was like that movie scene where the needle, the, the record, it was just, it was dead quiet. And everybody was like staring and he, he realized it and turned and just like, the fuck are you looking at? And everybody was just like, it was, it, I've never, I've never been that afraid. I, I mean, and they were, 
30, 40 feet away from us. Mm. It was insane. <laughs> big, big guys. I, it, it I'm, I'm an, not surprised they had the success they did on, on the line. So the, there was an intensity. I think that that came there. I, they were, they I, were intense. I also signed up for that geology one-on-one class, the affectionate <laughs> one called rocks for jocks. And, and I, uh, I, again, I was a stellar student, as we all know, and uh, yeah, yeah. I went to the first couple of, of days and then I was like, oh, I'm just going to take a couple of weeks off because, you know, why not? I'm just that smart. And then all of a sudden, you know, the way college works, you know, sometimes you don't have any homework for a couple of weeks, but then all of a sudden you hit test week and there's yeah. everything's happening all at once. And I remember going to one of the uh, one of the classes like right before the test. And I'm like, oh, no. I don't know anything about rocks. Like as much as as dumbed down as you could possibly make a class, you still have to know what rocks are. And I'm like, yeah. I'm looking at rocks. I'm like, I have no idea what this is. I don't know what that one is. I don't liquid know what that hot one is. magma. <laughs> and you you learn real quick how to cram. You learn real quick how to. Oh know. my god! I drew pictures. I mean, I actually liked that class. It was, I guess, it was remedial, and that's probably why I was so good at it. But. Mm. Um, <laughs> But I, I, I like, you know, it was like one of those visual learning classes, um, uh, much like a uh, uh, history of American jazz or uh, like art history. Like, I really liked that. It was, it was something that I, I enjoyed. And, you know, I didn't enjoy uh, poli sci and they're just ranting about theories. And, and I'm like, and everybody's writing stuff down. I'm like, I don't. I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know what they're writing down. Like I can't even understand him. Mm. I can't write fast as he talks. And so, you know, you find new things and you, you, you pick your strengths and mine just ended up being playing somebody else on TV. <laughs> this is from Rob, Redcast Rob. What was your favorite role to play? And if I was going to watch something with you in it tonight, what should it be? Oh my God. Um, that's a good question. Um, I have to think of something recent, probably that, you know what, that, that clip you showed from interrogation was good. It was an actually, it was a really good show. It was kind of like a choose your own adventure. You could watch episodes out of order and you could decide what, who you thought actually killed the person. There was, there was no, um, rules to it. And it was good. And that was probably one of my, I, I really liked that working with, um, um, Oh my God, I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. He's an Academy Award nominee, but uh, David Strathairn. Um, that was good. Maybe Magnum PI. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just a couple other things that are, to go yeah. over just some of the credits here. And this is just some of the list, but I mean, there's a kind of a who's who of names here Magnum PI interrogation, The Walking Dead, MacGyver, General Hospital, Grey's Anatomy, Nashville, Days of Our Lives, Desperate Housewives. My personal favorite. Actually, I have two different ones here, but my personal favorite, Friends. And ah. This is an early one, but you were a Joey clone on on a Friends. And what was the, the Rob was on with us before? You what was it called? Like Unami or something? Or what was the the uh, the the name of the episode is because everything was the one with. They didn't have an actual like it was called the one with Unagi. So Unagi, okay. Um, he had the it was uh, um, Ross had this whole thing where he he thought he had this like sixth sense about, you know, you have to, you have to know the Unagi. It's like, you can, you can predict somebody before they strike and all this. It was this whole thing. It was, it was ridiculous, but it was a really funny episode. Um, I had just moved to LA and I was, had signed up to do background on uh, with these companies, you know, there has to be people in the background moving around. Right. And it's got to seem realistic. So 
um, there's a function for that. There's a job for that. So I had signed up and I'd gotten a call from um, someone there. They were looking for a couple guys that looked like Matt LeBlanc to play Joey's in this, this episode. So we, they went down, man, if you've ever, if you've ever played uh kickball or dodgeball or anything where they're, they're, you're standing in the line and they're picking teams and you're just like, God, please just pick me, please pick me. If, if I never had, nothing ever happens in my life again, please pick me. And there was like, I think maybe a dozen of us or 15 of us. And we were in, in the studio on, at, at the central park, like on that stage. And I just remember thinking the shit we talked about in college where people would say, Oh, Joey, they'd make fun of me and say all this days of our life stuff. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. Here I am. I'm actually standing on the set of friends and they're like, the writers are going to lean into you talking back and forth. And, I'm like, and I was the last one to get picked, but I went out and bought a, um, a black shirt and black pants. Cause they said black leather jacket, black shirt, black pants. So I went out and bought clothes just to go in there for that. And I think what I got paid for the entire uh, rehearsals and the episode of that, I probably paid for my shirt maybe with that. It was not very much money, but um yeah, just sitting on on the set on the live taping was pretty incredible. I had I'd been in LA for two weeks at that point. Well, and it was I thought, so cool. wow, I've made it. What's so cool too is like back in the fraternity days, you would be doing Joey impressions. And I mean that like we'd be at a party and it'd be like, Hey, how, how you, you doing? doing? And you looked like him everything. So it was really it was kind of oh, like man. deja vu it, all of a sudden to see you on TV actually doing it, you know. It's full circle, funny how things kind of kind of you know, happen the way they do. I mean, I, I remember in college, like I, I was originally a, a um, criminal justice major. That's what I wanted to be a cop. Then I switched to exercise physiology and then I went to theater. And the irony is like, I have a, a, a business, I do personal training and I, I have a bunch of celebrity clients um, and I play cops on TV. So it's just funny how, how you know, those things kind of lay themselves out and and if you would have said something, I would have believed you. Well, you know, I mentioned Desperate Housewives is one. You were a fireman on that. And you must give off a public servant vibe to, like, producers because firemen, <laughs> police officers, like you said, I mean, that is like, that was that, that seems like that's the That was my meal ticket. It, it, there it is. Yeah, that was like my, um, for the longest time, it's like, you know, it's like the way you carry yourself and certain people are, typecast right you get typecast for certain mm-hmm. things and and um i i knew how i mean i i worked security um when i was when i was in school when i was at the university and i would work up at brian hospital i was actually there when fraser had his blood clots i was working security oh, wow. when tom came up to check on him that's a little fun fact there um <laughs> but i just knew how to carry myself my brother was a cop you know and that was kind of part of my uh inspiration i, I just you know, it's, that's what I enjoyed doing. Uh, it's just a lot safer to play it on TV, but yeah. Um, <laughs> firemen, cops, military guys. Um, and now I've kind of transitioned into lawyers and, uh, detectives and dads, a lot of dad type stuff. Um, you know, I let my, my grays go. There you go. Look at that guy. <laughs> He'll get your A1C I mean, are- back in. 
Are you the Ozempic guy? Is that do, do people walk up to you and say, "Hey, it's the Ozempic guy"? You know, you know, it's funny. Um, <laughs> we were talking before we started with Rob and uh, about about the Walking Dead. We were talking about that. I, I've done a, I've done a few episodes of it, but the last episode I went and did just a, 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 about a month ago. Um, a couple of the cast members, I had, um, wardrobe and hair people, our, our driver, um, uh, there was a couple of the extras, just probably about a dozen people were like, Hey, I saw you, you're the Ozempa guy, or like, you're the guy on the diabetes commercial, whatever. I'm like, I'm standing here and it's like Norman Reedus and, you know, all these like big actors that are the stars of the show. And I'm like it was a little odd to me that anybody would even recognize me. You know, I figure I just blend in, but that commercial has run so much. It's, it's insane. Um, I have like Jed Meselowski mm. sends me texts all the time of the commercial or he was at, at a CVS the other day. He said, Oh, Hey, look, you're right by the pharmacy counter. Cause they have like a little, um, a little book with like a, a little pamphlet thing. And I can't, I think I have one over here somewhere. Um, yeah these like little pamphlets are like all over and i was like it's just it's hilarious to me you know it's like you you show up you do a job and and you're gonna get some tv time and and uh you get paid for it and that's all you think's gonna come from it but i've had people on social media like saying oh my god you're such a good you're like you're so handsome or you're like such a good dad or you're i'm like it's just it's it's really funny to me it's really Mm -hmm. funny to me well, and, and I've always, you know, keeping up with you on Facebook and stuff, you've always been, I, I've always liked how you've been so appreciative when the jobs come, you'll be flying to Atlanta or New Orleans yeah. or something on a, and, and you always, it, it's this positive attitude. Maybe this is how we bring this back to some Husker stuff too. There's just this positivity of like, <laughs> like, you're like, you're like, you know what? I'm just, I'm, I'm thankful for this, for this work here. I'm thankful to be doing what I'm going to be doing with this job, with this show, with this commercial, whatever, Yeah. you know, again, it, you're, you're living the dream. And, and I mean, I think it's about being, trying to bring some positivity to this world, trying to be around other people that are, nobody wants to be around Absolutely. someone that's just miserable all the time. Absolutely. You know, I mean, being, uh, you know, grateful is, it goes a long way and I think it brings more good energy to you as well. But you know, this business is so finicky and, and we have such a short shelf life. Um, and you just never know when your next job is going to come. You really don't. I mean, there was a, a little bit of, um, insanity that comes with being an actor. And I mean it in a good way, mostly, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a lot of crazy people in the business, but, um, you have to have some level of, um, of, you know, crazy lunacy, whatever it is, to, to like not have a steady income from that. I mean, you have to have a day job. You have to have like your regular income uh, and not knowing when you're going to work again or if you're ever going to work again, or am I too old? Am I too fat? Am I too whatever? Or do I not look mm-hmm. like whatever everybody else is on TV now? You just, every actor always worries, is this going to be my last job? So when you do get that opportunity and you know, it starts from getting an audition from, from your agent sending you the sides, reading the audition. Now everything is online because COVID put everything online. So you're taping an audition. So you can do it 40 times if you want, just to make yourself seem, God, I'm amazing, but you better be good if you get the job in person. Mm -hmm. Um, That goes off. 
casting directors get it. They like it. They'll move it forward to the director. The director likes it. They'll put you on a veil or a, a pin in you or a hold or whatever. They Everybody's got different terms for it. And then from there, they've got their choices. You know what? They picked Preston. Okay, now that goes to the network. And the network goes, well, we haven't had any problems with him. We've done a couple of shows with him. He seems to fit the role. We like it. Then you get the call back. They negotiate terms. They negotiate money, all those kinds of things. So when you actually do get a job, you're extremely lucky because – I've I've looked up things that I've read for and I see and it's it's cool when I see friends of mine that got it, but they're seeing thousands of people. They get thousands of agents submitting these hmm. actors for one little role. Um, so if if you're a gambler, it's you know that game of chance with with uh, booking a role is like, I mean, <laughs> you, you know the the correlation again. I, you can bring it back to sports. You can bring it back to football. Uh, Rob and I last week talked with Craig Doman, Jojo's dad, who's an NFL agent. Oh yeah. And he yeah. talks, he talked about, it's almost a similar thing. Like not every football player has the, the 10 year hundred million dollar contract. In fact, Absolutely. there's a lot of them that are on a, a game by game kind of, you know, they're, they're playing a background role and they're just trying to get enough games under their belt, get to a, get to a pension, get to whatever. And they're, they're appreciating every, every snap they can get. Um, Here's a question from Zach. We know this guy. Zach, do you have yeah. time to watch many games? And when you do, do you go to a Husker bar out in California? Or do you prefer watching at home or, or with friends? That that's a great question. I mean, we, we there is a couple uh, watch sites here in in uh, LA and the LA area. Um, I always try to go. This is pre COVID. Would go the first or second game. Um, you know, you want to support the bar that is supporting Nebraska football, and you're going to run into. Generally, people, a few people you know, and you'll meet a few other Husker fans. And I mean, it's not like being in Lincoln on a Saturday. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. Nothing that can replicate that. But being with fellow Huskers so far away, you're all wearing your your gear, your hats, you're screaming, you're yelling to TV. Hopefully, in a good way. Not lately, but that's okay. <laughs> it's going to get better. But um, so I, yeah, I do. I always try and find a, uh, there's a few Husker bars who bounce around between. And then um, beyond that, I mean, I've got a group of friends that are uh, my Husker buddies and I always see them. Um, my friend Dave and Tom Welch, we go over there and it's like, um, <laughs> you know, at the end of the season, they're like, all right, see you next season. Cause it's like, we don't, you know, they've got families and stuff and you just don't see each other on a regular basis during the year, but you always get together during football season. How different is that then? You know, you think about that, the same thing with like Husker fans that, that tailgate together in yeah. Lincoln and they're, you know, they come from Omaha and someone's from Seward or whatever, and they probably get together six or seven times a year. And they're, they're best friends for, you know, the, the three right. hours before the game and hopefully we win the up, games. drinking. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Hopefully. And then at the end of this, at the end of the year, well, we'll, we'll see you again in August. I mean, it's so funny. It's just, it's different places, but similar things. Dave and I yeah. on the show, Redcast Dave, I, he lives out in Denver and Rob lives just north of Denver and, and Greeley. But um, Dave lives in Denver and I'll fly out there at least once a year. And just the setting uh, down in the Lodo area of, of Denver around the Coors Field and everything, they have, you know, a hundred bars and it's all transplants that live there. So there's all these different sports bars that are, you name a team, they have a watch site. And I mean, yeah. name a team. It was down to like, they were a group of five and not, not just the big power five schools, but like every team had a watch site. So we'll go there. And usually it's a game where Nebraska maybe has a bye weekend 
and we'll tailgate the whole day. We will watch 14 hours of football oh and go God. to every single bar and watch a quarter of the Florida uh, game at the uh, at the Swamp of the Rockies. And then you go over to the Wisconsin bar at the end of third quarter when they're doing jump around and they're eating cheese curds. And then you go yeah. over to the, to the Iowa bar and make fun of some people. And then you go over to, you know, and you just <laughs> – and you, you just throw everybody off. <laughs> you just walk in, do that for a second, <laughs> then leave, right? But you know, you just kind of and and we just we do that. Is there anything at all like that out in LA? Are you familiar with any areas where there's a concentrated number of of bars that might have that kind of setting? Because for me, I just thought it was cool because it literally felt like you were tailgating sometimes in 13, 14 different college campuses in right. one day. It was, yeah, it was you're just getting so to see. You get to see all those different fan bases all in kind of one setting. You don't even need to go to a home game to see. You get oh, kind yeah. of the, the fever for that. At, at the Florida one, they had the band playing it, and they were doing. They were drinking some drink that was the Florida drink. They were, you know, everyone's doing whatever their Gator. their yeah. hand gesture is. We go we go to a Nebraska one. Of course, you're eating a runza, so I'm like, oh, you know, big whoop. I just came from Lincoln, but right, but uh, but you know, it's it's so cool because you it I, that is something about college football I just love, and it just ties people together yeah. and. I, I think it's so cool to see you out there doing it too. And I see the photos of you out in LA and you're with your friends and, uh, and, and I know these people are probably from all over the place, you know, and you always have, you're always sporting something Husker. There's a, there's a red oh, yeah. on your hat or, or there's a shirt on. And, and I've, I'm got, like, That's a, cool, I've got a friend that's um, who, who's a, a, a fireman, a Lincoln fire. I met him through my sister. Uh, he sent me some, some Lincoln fire gear and I wear the hat constantly at like shirts i'm on set and whatever and he's just like nice hat but um yeah you know there's nothing really like that out here unfortunately la is 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 like you know i mean even the fan base for like the lakers when the lakers are winning everybody loves the lakers when they're not they're like i'm not a Laker fan you know what i mean there's not that loyal fan base here um even for the rams like i grew up i, I was a rams fan because we had so many guys from nebraska get signed by them you know, Lawrence Phillips and Crouch and and uh, Adam Carricker and uh, Wistrom and everybody that played for him. It's like, so you kind of root for those teams. But here people don't, and until they were winning and doing really good, people were just like, eh, you know, whatever. There's too much other stuff to do. There's too many other teams to worry about. Um, okay. SC, how, you don't how, hear about SC fans until they're winning. And nobody, I don't ever hear anybody talk about them when they're not. Yeah, how different. Okay, think about that. And yeah, USC, Lincoln Riley just got hired there from o- Oklahoma and I saw the the spring games, the difference between Oklahoma, which had the most attended spring game, and then USC had just nothing. I That's mean, because just... Oklahoma's fan base is one of the best. And they support – I mean, that's – he was their guy, you know. He came back to their school, and they don't need Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley sold out for money and, and, and opportunities to be, a you know, a movie star out here. I mean, he's going to be treated like royalty. They got – so much money to to uh to throw at those guys and i just don't i don't i mean i've never liked usc um i'm not a ucla fan but i've been to their games and their fans are great i wore husker gear to a a ucla game it was after we had played them the home and away um one of their kids had uh, had passed away one of their like like a backup kid on that week i was and at Nebraska, I was at that game, and and they did a whole tribute to him. And then later that season, actually, a guy I met on the plane going to that game, we became good friends, and we still talk. And he's invited me to UCLA games, and so I went to a game with him, and I wore Nebraska stuff. Um, 
uh, I had a, I had a UCLA shirt that I had gotten from a, a friend that I had lost a bet and I had to wear it, but I had a Nebraska shirt on under so it wouldn't burn my skin. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, their fans were great, but there's nothing, there's nothing like Nebraska. There is no other fan base. Like it, even when I was in, I was in new Orleans one time shooting, um, NCIS new Orleans. And, um, my, my friend down there, Vicky was, we went to a, a, a Husker watch site down there. And there's a ton of Husker fans in there. And it's mm-hmm. just like, it doesn't matter where you go. You can always find, you'll always find your people. I got a friend, Dan, that moved to New York. Um, he wants to be a sports agent uh, and um, big Husker fan. I, his dad gets me tickets every year. Um, and he's, he's found his watch sites there and he's found his little, his tribe of Husker fans. And it's like, you just gravitate towards each other. It's just the strangest thing. There's nothing else I've ever experienced quite like it. And I think about, you know, you mentioned earlier with Nebraska, you know, Nebraska, all the attention is focused, at least from a sports standpoint, towards this one team, this one program. And and that's something that's so magical in this state. We're not really divided. I know there's, there might be a few basketball fans that like Creighton, but for the most part, this right. is like Nebraska, you know, it, there's all this attention to this. And then, like you mentioned, you live out there in LA and there's just too many things to do. There's too many sports teams. I mean, are you Clippers? Are you Lakers? Are you, you know, whatever? And, Chargers, yeah. And there's and, people from everywhere else. There's people from all over the place. Everybody's a transplant. There's no real, I mean, there are locals here, of course, but the, one of the bars that we watched originally we were watching, uh, was a Husker watch that was owned by some Ohio state fans. And, um, they would get Ohio state fans in there too, to watch games, but it was never the same. They just didn't. They 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 appreciated the Nebraska folks because we we would fill the bar up mm. and we drank a lot and we bought a lot of food and we cheered a lot, you know. And they're, you know, I mean, Ohio State was was still great then, but they just didn't have the the same showing, you know. Mm. Go great. Well, we're still technically <laughs> on question three here. Who's your favorite all time? I'm I'm going to give you mine, and I think it's something that you kind of based off of what you just said is that, you know, we, we were there during so all these great players. I mean, and yeah. when they're your peers, like even talking to Damon Benning the other night, he's still kind of a peer of mine in the sense that we were on campus at the same time. Yeah, so we're like up, around the same age and, you know, yeah, I don't possibly look up played the, against him or something at one time, you know. Rob and I were getting a, a tour of the of the stadium the day before the um, the spring game. And Tyler Kai, who's an associate athletic director there, and he's been on the show. He gave us a tour, super cool guy. And we get done and like we run into the into the hallway and one of the guys I run into is Reggie Cooper now. And he was a damn good player for us, oh, yeah, but he's, he's not player. necessarily, you know, he's not necessarily going to be on the top 20 list of, of you know, all time Huskers, but he's a damn good player. And he's one of those guys that he is about five years, you know, or six years old or whatever it is. And that's the age when, you know, I'm really the most impressionable because now I'm a yeah. middle school kid looking at, these are the Huskers or, you know, you're a ninth grader, 10th grader, and you're looking up to the, to those guys who are out there on the, on the field that, but you're like not yet on campus. Yeah. They're big brothers. And like, and I mean, I was, I was, if I fanboyed over anybody, it, it was talking to someone like Reggie Cooper. I just thought that was so cool. And, um, and that's, it's the thing that Husker football does. It does it to all of us. And I, I think that's part of doing these fan forums that I kind of want to do, get stories out of people where, what are those moments that really, captivated you made you want to become a husker why are you still watching whether we're winning losing whatever whether you live in nebraska or you've moved you know a thousand miles away what right what about yeah. it makes you still just you know bleed that red and 
um, I just love hearing it from each person. Yeah, well, those like those fanboy moments like that. It's so funny. I we were down on campus. This is I don't know, probably five years ago. Um, I don't even remember who we were playing, but there was a big group of us. We're standing outside of. Um, oh God, I, I I'm so bad. I don't remember the streets. But it was it was a, a route. Everybody's kind of heading back down to downtown, and um, we were walking and stopped running into some other guys we knew and some former players that are, that are friends of mine. No, nobody were big stars or anything, but we're all standing around, and all of a sudden, Boyd Epley walks by. I was like, "Oh my God, it's Boyd Epley! It's Boyd Epley!" And they're like, "Who cares?" I'm like, "That's Boyd Epley, like the Boyd Epley who created the strength program that mm, everybody Husker was Power. jealous and Husker Power. I mean, it's like that is that's why we were so good. He's the guy." He's like, you know, the mastermind, the guy behind the curtain. It was just like one of those moments you have those, you know, those little fanboy things like that. It's so, it's so ridiculous. But I mean, you know, those are our, those are our celebrities back home. Like mm-hmm. you go out to LA and you see people all the time. You're on a plane with somebody, you know, I'm friends with a lot of guys that are on TV and in movies. And it's like, I don't think anything of it, but you know, for us growing up with Nebraska football, we were at, Valentino's one time, my brother and my sister and I, and it was my brother's birthday, ironically, and we're sitting at a table, and then all of a sudden, he's like, it's bumped from behind. You're like, oh, excuse me. It was Tom Osborne and his wife eating at Valentino's. Nobody was bothering him. They were so, like, like not, you know, nobody's bringing any attention to them, and he got up and bumped. I'm so sorry. And my brother was just like, <laughs> Tom Osborne just elbowed me. And it yeah, was his never, birthday. I'm like, I'm know. never washing my back again. Right. Yeah. <laughs> never washing my back again. Yeah, exactly. I, I worked at uh, my, one of my first job was Burger King in Columbus and it was going to be break time or, or at least I made it break time because I looked out in the, uh, in the, uh, the eating area there and, and uh, Ron Brown had, you know, wide receiver coach must've been in town, maybe recruiting. And uh, I'm sure that's what it was. I, and, and he was in town and I just, I just, I'm break and I just clocked out and I just went and sat down with him. Didn't really ask. And, and <laughs> he couldn't have been nicer because he probably was like, there's a hundred things I'd rather be doing than talking with you. But I just, I sat down there and he just, he talked with me for 20 minutes, oh my you know, God. and, and I mean, just moments like that. I mean, that mean that moment meant a hell of a lot more to me than it did to him clearly. But uh, um, Ron Brown, are- you're carrying Johnny Rogers trophy. <laughs> <laughs> did Tom Osborne come over to your house and, and uh, have runs with you too? He, he came to Columbus one time to recruit uh, a player that was actually in my class. And, um, and I straight up harassed him for about four hours. I was running around <laughs> the, the can't uh, running around the building. I mean, my buddies laugh about it all the time. And even at the very end, like when he was getting into a, a like a minivan to drive or, you know, whatever it was, it, there's nothing right. fancy. This isn't limos like LA, you know, no. he's like getting into his, his, family truckster to drive back to Lincoln and I yell oh, out the third, the third floor building or window at the, at Skoda's at high school there. And I just go, Hey Tom, good luck next year. And I give him the old thumbs up and he just kind of looks up at me. He's like, Oh my gosh, would this kid just let it go? Thank but, you very uh, much. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't let it go. Still uh, haven't been either. able to. Well, let's, let's look at question four here. The final one. All right. And and this brings it all back to to the future now, uh, to the present and to the future. How do you think the Huskers will do next year? 
So obviously we've had some struggles, a few, right. but uh, but a lot of changes in, in the coaching staffs. Uh, if you've been a regular listener to the broadcast, oh, I'm sure you have been. You you know all about where we're at. And, you know, in the I the I roster. do, but I read. I I mean, if you ask my girlfriend, I'm on like the World Herald dot com uh all, all those so every all day every day i'm constantly mm-hmm. looking for new articles and finding out dirt on recruiting and oh who's leaving because they're not getting nil money and um you know just getting irritated at the stupidest things about college sports these days but um uh you know what i'm probably more cautious about my um excitement or optimism about this season than any other probably since Mike Riley came on campus. I mean, even then when he was here, I thought, Hey, we had, we had some really good talent under Bo and, 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 uh, Bo was a good coach despite what people said or didn't like the coach, the kids loved him and, and, um, he just couldn't win some of the games, but Riley came in. I was really nervous and just didn't know what, what to think. And you're like, shit, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Um, Scott, I mean, I'm a big fan of, of, uh, of Scott's and I, I, you know, things have not gone the way we would have hoped during his entire tenure. And that's, you know, now we're on our third offensive coordinator. And um, I think a lot of those guys, I think a lot of those guys that got let go should have been let go a long time ago. Um, you know, it's funny is coach Verduzco was my brother's high school defensive coordinator at SoCal high and, and SoCal California, mm-hmm. which is funny he was ends up being a quarterback coach, but nice guy, all great people. And, 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 you know, some of those guys are former Huskers and Ryan Hurd, but um, I just didn't think they were able to develop anybody. They just couldn't, you know, our run game was terrible. Um, Line play just has never, it's just never been up to, up to par. They just couldn't develop these guys for whatever reason. I don't know if it's a strength program. I think Zach Duvall does a great job. Um, But uh whatever it is, it's just the, the, the fire is not there. I mean, you see a lot of these old guys come down, you see, uh, you know, Wistrom and, and, and Jason Peter and those guys go talk to these kids. And it's like, I'd be, I'd run through a wall after hearing their speeches. And these kids are, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take. Um, but having a, a, a change of coaching staff was definitely a good move. I think defense is, um, pretty squared away. Shenander really turned things around there uh, this last season, especially. Um, I, I'm not worried about the defense other than our depth um, on the line. Um, linebackers, I think, are going to be one of our strengths. Uh, and we've got you know more um, seasoned guys there than probably any other position. Uh, you know, everybody else is vying for defensive back. Um, it's just offense. It's still the question. Whipple's a great coach. He's got, he's got a proven record. I mean, everywhere he's gone, he's, he's done amazing things with quarterbacks, you know, including last year at Pitt. But um, I, I just don't know. I, I don't know. We've had such mm-hmm. a, a, a tumultuous relationship with quarterbacks with, with Martinez and he was a good kid. He represented what Nebraska wants out of a kid, but whatever, he just couldn't get it done. You know, yeah, I and, think um, Whipple Whipple's an interesting one because you mentioned it. He's the third coordinator um, for Frost, but he really is kind of like the almost the first offensive coordinator. True, a true offensive coordinator. Yeah, yeah. And the quarterback spot is interesting to me, and I, I've said this a number of times on the show. I thought the second that we hired Whipple, I thought that was the that was the end of the dual threat QB. We're just going to get drop back guys, right? That can't move around, and that's that go. You know, that's not my 
my favorite. If I if I had my choice, no. give me give me a mobile QB. But for us to go out and get Thompson, and for us to go out and get Purdy, and then Purdy, Pops, yeah. the, uh, the kid from uh, Massachusetts that's already in the twenty twenty three class, um, that I, that's been a, a real pleasant surprise to me. And I'm really hoping. And you know, this is uh, it's not Kool Aid. It's it's just being positive here that I think that there is if we if we can take the best of what Frost did offensively namely the running game and you yeah. can take some of the best things that Whipple does. And they both seem to each, at least they've said the right things. Whipple has said, Hey, I've got a lot that I can learn from a guy like Frost with yeah. some of the option with some of the, just the, 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 the zone read scheme and everything. And obviously Frost is sitting there going, well, geez, we're bringing in a, a passing guru. The guys worked with Ben Roethlisberger and everything in the pros and, and right. all the years in, in the college. Um, if we can marry that together, and it doesn't. It's not that it has to marry together perfectly this year. It's not that we have to go, despite Rob calling for fifteen and zero. We don't have to go fifteen and zero. But but we're gonna make to, a bowl game. Yeah, we need to be. We need to be. We need to not kill ourselves. Number one, I thought that was the thing yeah. with the offensive line that was one of the most disappointing. You know, was that the, the amount of times we have so many penalties against Northwestern in two thousand twenty? Oh. We had we had five penalties, one on each offensive lineman in the first half um, yeah. against Oklahoma last year. We had two penalties pre-snap penalties before the first snap of the game so there's martinez who's much maligned but i'll tell you what man that guy also is he's not even touched the ball yet and it's first and 20 and he has to go 20 yeah. yards you know it's like those are the kind of things you just gotta we gotta get over and you can't get out of this, your own way at that point yeah, yeah hopefully this staff can help to do that i think bringing back a guy like mickey joseph is just huge and, and you mentioned some of the energy like we needed some energy we needed yeah you need a a, a, a pick-me-up so to speak when we had Steve Sipple on a couple months ago, he talked about when Dominic Rayola came back last year for the yeah. Northwestern game and talked to the offensive line and said, when, when we close these gates, no one's getting out of here. And like the yeah. line went, went crazy and went nuts. And it was like, just like you said, you just, sometimes football is a carnal sport and you just need to be nuts sometimes to go out and play it. I mean, yeah, to run into people full speed time and time and time again, you got to be a little bit loony. And, and sometimes it takes somebody that can get them a little loony. And uh, yeah, that's a lot of that's just mindset. That's just, you know, mm -hmm. like whoever it is, whether it's it's the head coach or the coordinators or those former players coming back and, and, and you know, like injecting that energy into these guys and telling when we played, this is how we did it. If that happened, you were, you know, it was like you were scorned by all the rest of your guys. It was like you didn't nobody put up with that crap. We don't lose. This is our house. That kind of that mentality. But I think it's it's hard when some of those kids, pretty much everybody that's gone through had had never had a winning season. They hadn't gone to a bowl game. When all you're used to is losing all the time, how do you have a winning mentality? Maybe they were great in high school and they won that they won uh, high school championships there. But you come to uh, you know you're at that next level, and these other kids that are ahead of you that are your peers, they don't know how to have a championship mindset either because they've never. They've never been there and we've had better recruits than a lot of other schools and they just mm -hmm. outperform us. They, you know, on the field, they, they, um, you know, they can just get, they just get shit done. You know, they'll, they'll play through the whistle. I mean, a kid like, like Cam Jurgens, like, I mean, he was driving guys to field penalties, but you got to admire that. You, I mean, that kid played his ass off and now he's, unfortunately he's left for the NFL. Good for him. But mm -hmm. you need, you need five guys on the line that all think like that. You know, everybody's got to be on the same page. And, and uh, I, I think, you know, the the transfer portal has changed things. NIL has changed things. 
And I think that's probably why we got Thompson and that's why we got Purdy. You know, they're looking at opportunities to improve their stock with a, a great coordinator that, you know, sent one of his kids to is going to be a, a, a number one pick in the NFL draft and was a Heisman trophy finalist. So, you know, there's proof in the pudding there. And and Mickey Joseph has, has sent a bunch of kids off the NFL and first round mm-hmm. draft picks. And so they've got proven track records, whether they can all come together and put all those pieces in that puzzle together and, 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 uh, and get some winning going, man. I mean, I, I, I like all the elements that are there. I, um, is it Apple white or Apple? Apple white to new running backs coach. White to new running back coach. I, I was honestly hoping Ron Brown would come back. I mean, <laughs> we had such a, we had such good success with him and he was never even a running back coach. He just knows how to coach, hmm. you know? Um, but this guy, well, I mean, and he seems, switched to running backs coach when they had Halu and Abdullah. Yeah. And, Berkha, and he, yeah. he made, I mean, they all went in the NFL. Yeah. He is a proven track record, but I know he's getting a little older and he's, he's in a more of a, a mentor, um, you know, uh, position there now. But, uh, you know, this guy, I guess the running backs seem to respond to him pretty well. And I think we got some good guys coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, uh, Anthony looked pretty good in the spring game. Um, so I'm, more cautiously optimistic than I ever have. I'm always every year I'm like, you know what, we're gonna be good. We got this guy coming back, we got these guys, you know, we're gonna be great. You know, you just you drink that Kool-Aid and you think it's gonna get better. Like last year, all those games that came down to, you know, one one score, one possession, one bad call, one interception that could have completely changed and we would have had a totally different season. And once kids start winning they just have a different attitude. They just start just, playing better. They they're not playing from behind constantly. You know, we so, just need to win. It is. Win. We've said this so many times. Broken record on this show. It's a last year was the only season ever where a team has lost by eight one score losses. It's the only season ever in NCAA history where a team has lost nine single digit games. I mean, there are so many only time ever's, but that doesn't mean much unless they get that turned around this year. So I mean, we. We, we were the best three and nine. Yeah, we were three, the best three yeah, and nine right. team of all time. But you know, you know, hopefully, hopefully with a little bit better schedule, that that shapes up better for us this year. And just getting over the hump on a few things, I don't think it can take a whole lot to get that that record flipped around. But right. they got to prove it. I mean, I, they've got to do it, and they've got to do it early. I mean, mm-hmm. um, you yeah. know, like Bielema came in last year, and nobody gave Illinois a chance. I mean, it was a I think it was a, it was a fluke, but whatever. They still won. It doesn't matter. They got the W. We yep. don't. But to lose to him at another team is just so just grits your teeth. But um, before September even happened, the season already kind of felt lost. And there's this opportunity this year, and I'm saying this in a positive way. There's this opportunity to go to Ireland and beat Northwestern, get some momentum going in August, and and come back here and play North Dakota and, and Georgia Southern, and and get some B three and O when when uh, yeah. Oklahoma gets here. Do that. Um, there's also the, you know, the, the, the other side of that is, boy, that would be a real bummer <laughs> if the yeah, team beat 56 God. to seven turns around and beat you in week, week one there or week zero out in Dublin. Right. So that game, I think to your point, that is the, that's the biggest game of the season. I don't really get into, we'll, we'll predict what, are we going to go 12 and zero or this or that? Let's go one and zero one and zero right now one is so time. important because one and zero can lead to a lot better things. 0-1 would be a really, really tough. Yeah, you don't want to deflate that balloon before there's any air in it. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's – but I I really like what I see with the recruiting and and some of these kids that uh, Joseph's been able to bring in and, 
Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the quarterbacks, um, I mean, we'll just see. I mean, the spring game, there wasn't really much proof of any anything either way other than other than Garrett Nelson is a beast. <laughs> well, that's and, a good place uh, to start, yeah. And I, I hope, you know, that I, I hope we get some kids in the portal on defense just so we don't have to worry about it. And, you know, you got to have some good backups. But, um, you know, what was our, what about our, our strength going in is like, uh, you know, a little worried about because it's, you know, the games are one in the trenches and then in the big 10, it is, uh, there is, you know, it, it, the line play, there's no forgiveness. Everybody's punching it down your throat, you know, mm. Wisconsin and all these guys with these, you know, enormous running backs. Um, a kid was a linebacker. I think he came in as a, like a, you know, a, a right. Isn't that the Wisconsin kid? who's was like, Six four, two hundred and sixty pounds was this? Wasn't it Wisconsin? That kid was just running people over. Oh, the running back and the yeah, yeah, that switched over. Yeah, it was like yeah, yeah. I mean, you just can't stop kids like that if you don't have a good, you don't got guys up front. So, mm-hmm. yep. And, and Nebraska's, you know, potentially there can be a, a bit of a change defensively, a you know, akin similar to early nineties where went from the five two to the four three. I think if we see more four man front, that can change. The, kind of the dynamics of how many defense alignment we need right now in a three man, you really need three defense alignment on the field. You need the anchors. Time. You need those big anchors up front. You get into the four, two or the four, the four, three, and you really need two anchors in the middle. And those yeah. two outside guys end up becoming guys more like Garrett Nelson. Garrett Nelson. And, yeah. that, and that's not to say that we don't need to hit the portal and get some depth. We do. We need to bring in some yeah. guys, but our, we actually, it can be a favorable move going from a three, four to a four, three in terms of depth on the D line. That's that's certainly my hope. I mean, we can't afford to keep losing guys. That's for sure. We right, need guys right. To, we need some young guys to step up, especially you know in in today's game. Like you know, um, losing this kid we just lost on the D line, uh, Casey the transfer portal, Casey Rogers. It's like, regardless of how many minutes he played, he minutes he played, he was you know he had uh, you know he had knowledge of the scheme, and he you know he was a good player. He was he was I mean he wasn't. Uh, he didn't really have much of a chance to prove himself, but losing a kid like that, that's already invested that many years and then chasing kids just to come in and fill a spot. But I, I think, I mean, I'm not a big fan of the, the three, four, unless you really have the, um, the kids to, to put, put out there. And I just don't, I don't think we got, you know, Nash, yeah, Hunt, Hunt Matcher. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. He's a yeah, beast, but Huntmacher. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you got to have a couple of those guys. We lost so many of them to the transfer portal and graduation NFL draft. And so it's like, that's my only worry. Other than that, you know, I think we'll mm-hmm. be all right. Yep. And I think we'll find out plenty here. Keep, keep uh, listening to the red cast here over the next few weeks. Uh, we'll keep you up to date with any of the, the new guys that come in through the portal. And, and I anticipate that we'll get a few uh, and probably along that defensive line. And I yeah, think it's on eight, April 30th or Saturday, uh, O'Shawn Mathis is the, O'Shawn Mathis making his he's decision, made the decision yeah. that he's going to do it on April 30th. So he's the TCU um, outside linebacker slash D end. And in a four, three, he would be a, a D end, a hand in the yeah, ground, yeah. kind of, kind of like what old Trev Alberts and Dwayne oh, yeah. and those guys were. So, yeah. Yeah. That's uh, and then the, um, I think what is it? March 1st, you have to declare, yeah, May first, they have to have it declared by then. Yeah, so that'll there's going to be some more attrition, I'm sure, between now and then, and I'd be curious to see what positions those come at. Maybe DBs or the running back room. I mean, those are probably the two positions that are the most full. I mean, 
Hmm. I, I, I that losing that um that I think he was an Omaha kid, the receiver that, that yeah, passed. Xavier Betts. Um, we don't know I, I for hope, sure yet. Yeah, yet I hope he changes his mind and decides to come back and he's he's just too good of a player. Hmm. Too good of a player, and you hate to see a kid like that, especially a local kid. But Mickey Joseph doesn't mess around and if he tells you you're not, you know, there are there is no free passes here, then you better get your, your rear in gear, you know. Yeah. Well, as is, I think right now, the last I was hearing, and I've, I've seen these numbers change, but I think we're right at about nine eighty-five right now, which is the yeah. amount of scholarships you have. But to your point, if we're going to bring in some guys, you need that attrition too. I mean, we've got to yeah. be at 85 when we get to August. So, uh, you know, I would anticipate some more people leaving because I'm anticipating a, a few more guys coming in. So, Yeah, and you listen to, you know, some of the prognosticators on these other podcasts and – and, you know, they've got a little bit more inside information. They're making phone calls. They're in the press. So they're there. I've, I've heard them talk about some other kids that may even just be done with football. Too many injuries. They're not yep. playing, you know, and they're, that frees up another scholarship. Um, yep. Tate Wildeman just yeah. medically retired, essentially. Yep. And, and that happens, too. And when guys, you know, that that's how you transfer over the the – the roster from year to year, we call it roster management here. And, and we constantly talk about the guys that are coming in and leaving and, and it's gotten all the more difficult today now with transfer portals in place and, and now NIL too. I mean, it's NIL. just, it's a, it's a whole different world. It's, it's different from where it was five years ago, man. It is, you know, and it's funny. It's, it's not even just um, Husker football or, or football mm-hmm. programs. It's like Nebraska's volleyball program. We just lost that girl, Akana, and she's, mm-hmm was great and a starter and her brother who was a, a recruit we were you know pretty much uh not a not a not a sure thing but he was a he was a, a heavy lean you know i yeah. mean his went to oregon so who knows maybe she's gonna transfer there but I'm, yeah his uncle's NIL money so it, it's it's um it's a broad spectrum that nil covers and it, it's it's uh can bring kids in and it can run kids away too somewhere yeah. else to get more money. So, so we're doing well, Preston, this has been <laughs> awesome, Honky, man. It has been great. I, I'm so glad to, to be your first guest, right? First on guest, first guest first on the guest forum. On the and, forum. you know, I don't know yeah. how, you know, the, this being brand new, I don't know if these are going to go 20 minutes sometimes. Some will go 30, some will go 40. I knew we'd go an hour at least. Yeah. Um, but uh, it is honestly, this is what I want to do. I just want to talk to people that every fan has a story and, and every, every fan right. story is unique and interesting. And you have so many things that are unique and interesting about what you've been doing in, in your career and what your background is and, and, and how you and I know each other back in the nineties. And I just, I love talking with other people about Husker football. One of my favorite times, uh, you know, the year is just tailgating at a game and you just run into someone you don't know. And, you know, the first question, Oh, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Alliance. Oh, I know this person from Alliance. And and, and you just start chatting up and, yeah. and talk. And, and before you know it, Husker football is the thing that's bringing us together because there's enough things in this, this world that divides us, but uh, here's this Absolutely thing that brings true. us together through thick and thin, you know? Yeah. So look- one thing that's one like undeniable thing that, that is always there that would always bring people together, whether you agree on, who the coach is or who the starter is or how the game went last week. It's like, at least you have something constructive to talk about that you both care about, both have passion about. And, and yeah, being a Husker fan is um, it, it, lately is not for the faint of heart, but uh, <laughs> it, 
it is um it is it is unique and it is wonderful and and I'll be a husker till I die. Yeah. Well, uh the one thing that uh I guess the one tradition that remains between the forum that we're doing here in the Redcast is that uh we always have our guests do a parting shot and gets the final say. So uh I'm gonna do the same here for you, Preston. You get the final say, the floor is yours. Anything you want. Anything I want? Oh my god. Um Man, I don't know. That's a lot of pressure. This is like yeah, uh, and, and don't screw it up because this is the first ever fan forum. And there's they design guys watching. This will be out there on on YouTube. Oh, it's already live on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter, and it'll be out there forever. And and then we'll make a podcast from it so you can listen to it. So really, do not screw this up, Preston. <laughs> I, Zero pressure of any I, kind. I can't um, say that. I, I I don't know. I mean, I don't even know how to format this. I I mean, I'm I'm. What does it mean to be that fan? <laughs> you know, through thick and thin, you know, you bond with your families, you bond with your friends, you meet people, you you have that one that one thing you can always rely on that's always there. Maybe, you know, with anything. Maybe it's you've been through a divorce, you've you know, your kids have gone off to college, your your dog passed away, whatever it is, you're always gonna have Husker football and the fan base to fall back on. And, and you can always go back and watch the old national championships. If there's nothing else on TV, right? <laughs> Thank goodness. We can for- all live in the past. We can all live in the past as, as the people on the other side of the river say, but Hey, at least we've been there. At least yeah. we won it. At least we've done it. Yeah. At least the trophy so, case has something in it. Right. I'll tell yeah. you, man, that is, I think that, Hey, that's a great way to end it right there. Right. I mean, it's, it, we're Husker fans. This is the thing that brings us together. And when you're done watching this on YouTube, turn off and go watch the 95 Orange Bowl. Go on. Oh. Every one of those old games are on there. And, and uh, You know, it's funny. I got a couple of buddies. A we had a, a, um, a text feed with a three or four of us, Brent and Jimmy, who played – Jimmy Tansy played football for Nebraska. And uh, my friend Dan. And we'll send clips, find on Twitter, somebody posted, and it's like – the other day it was Amir Abdullah – um, just you know, pulling something out of out of thin air and running and touchdown in for to win the game and McNeese just day, stuff yeah. like that where you just get you get the tingles and you get the you just get that vibe like right now talking about this upcoming season and getting ready and we've I've got my tickets for for Dublin. It's like there's always something to look forward to. The end of the season we didn't we were three and nine. There's always next year. We always have next year to look forward to. You know. I'll tell you. I'll tell you with Dublin. One other thing you can look forward to. I know Jim Carrey, Gary. They're going to be yeah. out there. Yeah, we've there's talked. A, there's a chance that Rob and I might. I'm still working on somebody who's sitting upstairs that I have. Ah. To get the, I have to get the approval, and I don't Please know that I have it. Go. Please, the hunky go. I'll, I'll send you <laughs> a, an Ozempic pamphlet and <laughs> signed. I'm, I'm doing everything I can. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. She is an amazing talk. woman that has allowed me to do all these things that I do right now down here in the in the basement and all these shows. So, well, I I commend her and I I send her an air hug for that. And she also knew who she married. So you know that's that party probably came with part of the deal. Yeah, my grandpa said that it all comes with the wedding cake. So yeah, that's, that's part <laughs> of it. Well, I'll tell you what, Preston. Seriously, this is it. Stay on after this. When I when I click end, you can stay okay. on. We can keep talking, but. Um, this has been a blast. This is exactly what I wanted the forum to be about. 
and it is just it's the freedom to just sit there and talk with Husker fans and and literally just tell each other stories. So thank I'm you so, so much, Preston. So Follow him at Preston Hillier. Uh, you know, check him check him out on IMDb and and, and watch all the things that Rob. We're going to bring Rob back on at the end here and talk. And uh, you know, we we want to keep watching you there. And by all means, buy some Ozempic. I don't know if you need it or not. I didn't buy, know. buy yeah, some you know, Ozempic, whatever. folks. So, all right. Well, thank you so much. And remember, Redcasters, you too could be the next one on the floor. Hoda Media Production.